Hi, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett and welcome to Girl Club. And, you know, I'm actually giggling already at the start of this episode because uh, today we're just going to go there. And I got all my regular Girl Club crew right here in the house, Nova Page, Christina Reynolds, Christina Boudreaux. And for all of you guys watching, I want you to actually shoot in your questions and your emails because we may be sticking with this topic for the next few weeks. And we usually get to those questions and emails. So say hello to the ladies. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Well, I'm excited that we're all here today because it seems like the perfect day to, you know, now that we've gotten these ladies prepared and the spirit of rejection is off of them and they're walking strong in their identity in Christ, let's talk about dating and single <laughs> life because, I mean, I, I literally, you guys, when we start some of these shows, we'll just talk amongst ourselves kind of prayerfully, like, okay, Lord, where do we want to go? And I really felt led to ask the ladies what issue they think they see women around the world with dealing with a lot. And I have to tell you, of course, we ended up back to boys. So um, (laughs) I think it's boys. And I was saying dating incorrectly, like so many young, amazing daughters, you know, dating like they're not princesses, but like they're, I don't know. The higher desperate. Desperate, yes. Desperate is the word. Oh desperate. Is that is that what it is, you guys? How can you be desperate? How can you be desperate and know Jesus? Mm -hmm. Seriously. Yeah. That's fear, right? No, I, I think it's because we really were made to be like pursued and loved. I mean, like God created marriage to basically represent you know, the church and Christ, like it's the, like this optimal, like image of like what, what he intended and what he's longing for. So Mm -hmm. there is something in a girl that like longs for that. I think in men as well, but even, and I've seen it in women like in their thirties to mid thirties who unfortunately live as if they're desperate. I don't know if they would say it out loud. Yeah. Christina, I got to tell you guys though, I met a, I met a girl she's so gorgeous. And you know how you, you meet people, you start talking to them. And so we've kind of become friendly. So I see her kind of regularly around and she's young. I mean, I'm talking about girls in their twenties right now. Right. Where like when I was 20, I was like, please don't pursue me too hard because I got it going on. I'm 20. I don't want to get serious. I want to go, go, go. And no, but I think because these girls are they're they're well, look, I was not saved nor was I surrendered. I was saved. I wasn't surrendered. And there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely be saved and not surrendered. And then I wonder if you're really saved, but that's all. That's, that's a topic for another time. But I meet these young women, all jokes aside, who are Christian girls. And they're like dating these guys who are Christian guys. Some of them pastors, kids, and they're hanging out two, three, four years and dating. And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. It doesn't take a guy that long to know if he's ready to get married. And if he wasn't ready to get married before he started dating you, what's he doing dating you? And after three or four years, oh my gosh, kick rocks. Like he's so wrong. And are, I mean, how can you be going through this kind of fear or desperation in your twenties when it's all so in front of you? And how do we make these daughters know how awesome they are. Yeah. yeah. What are you guys seeing? Like what, what practical, what sort of things are you seeing out there with young women that are in your life or in your ministries? CB. You know, I think a lot of girls that I've come across, they have this mentality of, yeah, I think this is really interesting that, you know, like kind of what Christina said, like, as women, we have been called to be pursued and fought, you know, and fought for and defended and all those things. But you have this thing where it's turned into the opposite, where you have a lot of these guys who are not ready, who are, I don't know if like pansy is the right word, you know? Oh, that's but, a good word. 
that literally just kind of have their tail between their legs that are, that don't have courage. You know, that this world has completely taken Mm -hmm. the manhood and masculinity of men and has really dumbed it down. And so many girls just make themselves so available to guys. And so you have a lot of girls that see guys as like these projects that they can fix. And so the girl ends up playing the role that the guy should play and just makes themselves available because she wonders like, will this guy pursue me? And this guy might be pursuing her halfway. And like you said, hanging out as friends, but it's like, dude, if, if that guy doesn't make his intentions known from the beginning, like my friend, I went to India with twice. She's like 37 single. She's like killing it for Jesus. She's like, she speaks like in, from India to Mexico and in prisons. Like she's just a rock star. She lives in Carlsbad. And I remember I, I hung out with her last week and she, I remember her telling me, Christina, no guy gets my time unless his intentions are known, you know, unless he's like, Hey, like, you know, I want to get to know you better or whatever it is, you know, and any guy that wants to date her, she's like, you can talk to my pastor and get my number from him. Basically saying like any guy that's worth my time, is going to take the extra effort to go through him. And Christina, how, how old, sorry, how old is, she, can you give us a ballpark? Because like for women listening, actually no, she's thirty eight now. She's thirty eight. Thirty eight. Okay. She wouldn't mind me saying this because she shares this all the time. She went out with yeah. a Navy SEAL twice. A Navy mm-hmm. SEAL goes to her church, and this Navy SEAL, she, after the second date, she was like, "What are you reading in the Word?" And he was like, "Um, couldn't answer that question." She was like, "This isn't going anywhere," and she just totally dropped this guy off. And she's like. D- Drop dead gorgeous. And I just, you know, in that day, I was like, girl, I'm going to walk out with my crown straightened a little more, you know, after hanging out with her. Because when you get around women who have standards, who believe that they're worthy of being pursued, who don't need to help the guy along, because I think so many girls, they feel like they have to fix the guy, they, that they need to help the guy along, that they need to, you know, yes. you know, let me... It's almost like, let me set the table for you. No, dude. It's like, let me be the man since you won't be. Yay. Let me pursue you since you won't pursue me. Like, no, it's crazy. You're right. Let me disciple you because you're not reading the Bible. Let me cover you instead of you cover me because you're not a covering. It's all wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, so... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, yes. It, it, it feels a little backwards. I feel like some of these young ladies want to just lock a guy down and it's almost like they check a certain amount of boxes and then they just think it's going to get better or he'll fall more in love with them. And the truth is, I mean, I love what both of Christina's Christina squared is just about having that standard for yourself and knowing this isn't what I'm like. I'm not, I'm not going to lower my standards. Anybody can lower their standards. Anybody, you know, so you have to make a decision. What is your foundational, you know, choice in your life? Like, what will you not move from? And then what do you really want? And then all of your choices, including who you even allow to pursue you, who you pursue, like, then you just don't fudge from that. You just go, all of my small choices in my life are going to yeah. you know, head towards this, this choice of not only just dating for the sake of it or sake of it and dating a godly guy, but going like, I'm actually looking for somebody who wants to join me um, and partner with me in life to become one and mm-hmm. to further God's kingdom together and to live, you know, a life worthy of the calling of Christ together. Like yeah. you got to have some standards, you yeah. know, and and, and listen, you know, right. Cynthia's like, I mean, I'm 20. I'm just trying to have some fun. And I know plenty of young men right now in my life because my, I have a 21, 20 year old son and then, you know, a bunch of his friends, but then even just within our large church, there's just a lot of young men who are just like, I mean, I just want to have some fun and I just want to, you know, like hang out and, um, and they're dating like second. They're dating like yeah. secular guys. They're not dating yeah. like Christian men. Right. Yeah. At, or or just trying to, you know, have a, a friend group in this, honestly, in this really hard world. I mean, there's another perspective that I probably carry is like, 
you know, when, when you are trying to pursue Christ, even as a young man or young woman, mm-hmm. and there, and this generation is like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I love Jesus. I'll meet you at church, but can we hang out at the club? Can we do all this stuff? When you are actually trying to be, you know, Christ-like, and then you don't have a lot of people who want to walk that same path, sometimes you get into relationships that feel natural because you you both want to live that way mm-hmm. or your friends yeah. want to live that way. And there's not a lot of people who are willing to join that. So there are more perspectives right. on that. Totally. Like, so, but then you get into a situation where you're like, you don't want to hurt the person's feelings. Cause like, I love you. I'm just not in love with you. Right. Oh mm-hmm. yes. Can I just say though, on that, what you're saying, Nova, about having that standard, cause we're a little bit older We've been in, yeah. in like in long marriages. So we, and I've dated a lot outside of Jesus and, you know, experienced all of that, but like getting to that point, because I'm seeing young girls, like 18 year olds, 17 year olds, whatever, who love Jesus. And it's like, we're counseling to me and my husband. And it's like, listen, like you are worthy of so much more. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You're worthy to be pursued, but you can't even make you can't even have those standards for yourself if you don't believe that you're worthy yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that it does take a journey of discovering your worthiness in Christ. I like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would even dare say that it's, I, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it feels impossible with how loud the world screams at you, all these other things. It takes like a really solid, like, yeah, like I've been encountering Jesus hardcore in my identity, and you just don't get that when you're 18. So, like, Mm-mm. I feel for these girls. I mean, I feel girls who like love Jesus, you know, have are walking in so much fullness, but at the same time are being drawn by these guys who maybe mm-hmm. aren't complete horrible jerks, but they're luring them away to have to settle for less than what they're worth. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but uh, look, I think what's happening is. You, you guys are so on it. It's like, A, at 17, 18 years old, you don't know. Okay, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say what Roger would say. You're dumb. Okay. You're dumb. You're, totally, you're, you're dumb when anything. you're 20. <laughs> you, you haven't lived long enough to know anything. Hallelujah. That's great because the Lord takes care of children and fools. I was foolish in my early 20s. I didn't know anything. Now, I thought I knew everything. And every relationship, I was in love. You know, and, and it, and oh, he makes me feel so great. And, and I just wanted to be who I was when I was with him and I could see the future and blah, blah, blah. And girlfriend, like when you wake up out of that season of your life, and I do believe you can wake up out of it at 20. It's just that you've got to really listen to the wisdom around you. You're right. The Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I think what the four of us are right now here at Girl Club is a multitude of counsel for you to listen to as you watch. If you're a young woman and you're dating or you're breaking up with someone or you're in a relationship with someone and it and Christina Reynolds, you nailed it. It might be a pretty decent guy. I mean, I met a young woman this weekend and she was dating the pastor's son. Nice family. I think in a way, you know, these girls fall a little bit more in love with the family than the boy because the boy at 23 didn't know anything. I mean, he's not ready to get married and, 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 you know, all this stuff that's going on, you know, in, in a relationship with a guy like that, it's like, well, he's obviously got some nice redeeming qualities. He, he grew up in the church. I mean, he's, He's got a distant relationship with the Lord. And I would say distant because you can't tell me, you know, the Lord and you date like this. I, I'm not like, I'm not cutting much slack to those of us who say we're in church and we're believers and we're dating just like the world. You can't hang out. I don't even believe at 17 or 18, you should be using the word boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't. I think if you make a friend, call them a friend because they should only be a friend no matter how you feel, because you sure shouldn't be sleeping with them. Mm. And I think this is a lot of the problem too. I think I think that celibacy and doing it God's way in the church is way is as compromised as it is in the secular world. It is. Yeah. Totally. It is. 100%. Yeah, it, it is. I, I mean, my son goes to a Christian college and I'm like, there is no difference. I would call it this unchristian college. <laughs> I, I don't see a huge difference in the lives of many of the students. And 
you know, like if you're calling yourself a believer, then believe and trust God, like stop messing around, like stop mm -hmm. having premarital sex. Like, can we yeah. just say it? Like, stop it. It's right. going to ruin your life. Like, yeah. seriously. And it's definitely going to ruin the relationship that you're in. Yeah, yeah, of course, it's, of course it is. Because, because like you get you get through all the all that stuff, and it's like, what do you have left? It's like, oh well, that was hot, but then what do you have when it's all over? Right. Well, let what me tell you, you, if you're a girl, the reason why you might want to listen to this is because it's plain old logic, and it's it's the old sayings my grandmother used to have. Why would a guy buy the cow if he's getting the milk for free? A B, I have right. seven brothers, okay? I grew up surrounded by boys. And you know what? They only ever wanted the girl that said, ah, no, you will respect me. I will go through the front door and meet your mother and your sisters. You won't just take me to the back guest house where you and your brothers have your bedroom because that was like our setup growing up. So I learned really early, like, it, all those guy things, they're true. I don't care if they're in the church or not in the church. And if you're dating a guy who claims to be a Christian and he's in the church and you're not the godly girl that says to him, what are you tripping? On A, you know, you've liked me for six months. Am I your wife? You better go seek the Lord and then call me when you figure it out. Right. And you're going to live my life in the meantime, but get into bed with you. I don't think so because you're not going to sit that. And that's why I don't believe in the word boyfriend or girlfriend. Because mm. now you've got somebody sitting in the chair of the actual husband that God has created for you. Why do you want a fake or a counterfeit taking up space in your life? And until a guy is pursuing you to marriage and you're absolutely 1000% prayerfully clear that it, that he's the guy you want to spend the rest of your life with. I love it. You said it, Nova, that you want to go into partnership with. Then you mm -hmm. shouldn't be in it at all. And it is a partnership. And I'm oh, it's 100% a partnership. I are you, Christine, are you going to say something? Yeah, dude, I'm just going to go on say one real quick. Okay? Say it. So my sisters, there was a season of my life. Okay. There was a season. Okay. There is a season. There was a season. <laughs> Anyways. Where... Our single sister's about to mic drop it. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Okay. There's a season of my life, dude, like I'm 31 now. So I've grown from that season. Okay. Even though it was a season um, <clears throat> where I had a good friend of mine, same thing, dude, where a lot of stuff was said, a lot of stuff was put out there. I did a lot of ministry with this friend and, you know, we were hanging out as friends. A lot of stuff was said, you know, like we would go to the beach, you know, we would hang out, we would, you know, just all stuff. Okay. We would hang out clean as friends, you know, clear, like no lines of purity were like impurity were crossed, all that stuff. Right. But a lot of stuff was said in regards to courtship, in regards to our future, in regards to all of these things. So finally there was a day, one evening I pulled him aside at a park and I said, what are we doing? I said, what are the lines? Like what, what path is this going down? Because one of the things that I realized about my horse that I just sold right before I got my new one in is that my horse used to be a world-class race horse. Okay. Like had secretary in his lineage. He was an athlete. Like he was gorgeous in every way, had a beautiful heart. But one of the things my friends kept telling me is Christina horses are prey animals and they need a strong leader. And if you are not leading your horse in a strong way, he is not going to feel safe. He is going to feel confused. And he is not going to give you the best part of him because there's going to be so much uncertainty. So every time I would walk him in the beginning, every time I would ask him to do things because I wasn't that strong leader for him, he the best part of who he was couldn't come out with me until the end when I grew into that being that leader for him. So it's the same thing as God's daughter's. The entire time I was friends with this person over the four months we were hanging out as just friends. We did a lot of ministry together. We hung out in groups and ministry settings and one-on-ones a lot. I was like my old horse. I was very uncertain because I didn't know where he was leading me. There was a lot of obscurity. There was a lot of stuff that was thrown out there, but nothing was ever solid of these are my intentions. This is what, you know, I want to get to know you more for this purpose. A lot of stuff was said about our future, about what we are going to do, but it was never set in stone. So when I finally 
called into the carpet and said, what are we doing and where are we going? He retracted everything that he said. He covered up his tracks. He made excuses for all of the meals he had bought for me, all of the coffee, all of the dessert, all of the sunsets, all of the everything. And at that point, I basically told him, you will no longer be texting me. You will no longer be contacting me on social media. We will no longer be talking on the phone. We will no longer be hanging out in person. I will only see you at church. I don't give guys any special attention. I will say hi and bye to you. And that's it. This is how you do it. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And a couple days later, I had another conversation with him to close it out because that was a four hour conversation. And I closed it out and I said, any, I was said, if you want anything to do with me, you're going to go through this and this and this person, which are very heavy hitters in my life. And you're going to do it right. I said, you're going to go to your person, which is, you know, his, you know, covering, who's a big hitter as well. And I said, you're going to go through this person, this person, and this person in my life. Cause, and I said, we're going to do it right. And these people are going to know, and these people are going to know. And to be honest with you, I look back at that season of my life and I think, you know what? I'm glad I, cause sometimes girls, like I knew my worth that I was, and you know, and we were friends and we were hanging out more for like maybe the three months, you know, actually not even three months, maybe two and a half, like one-on-one, but I knew my worth enough where I was like, no, dude, I'm sorry. I was willing to pull that boy aside I didn't care that it was 10 o'clock at night, dude. It was at a park outside in public. And he was like, oh, well, it's late. I don't care that it's late, dude. We're going to meet at the park. And I'm going to ask you what we're doing right now. Okay. And when he began to retract all the things that he said about courtship and marriage and our future and what we were going to do together, I questioned him and I called him to the carpet and said, what did you mean by this? 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 And I basically said, no man of God's going to do what you did. Right. And I called him to the carpet and I said, your pastor would not approve. And I, and I told him when I met with him two days later, I said, I talked to this person and this person in my life, two heavy hitters. And he was like, cause he knows who those heavy hitters are. And I said, and they know your pastor and he would not approve of what you just did. And he basically, you know, he went on this whole thing and I don't have to get into that. But in that season of my life, girls, I pulled on the authority of my covering in my life of my brothers, of my fathers. Cause exactly what Cynthia said, the right man is going to go through the front door, dude. Yes. Knock on the front door of the fathers and the brothers in your life. The wrong dude is going to go through the back door and try to do it the wrong way. And his excuse to me, the second day that we met was I cared about you more than anything that you could ever do. And I said, I know that. And he also said that I was given the wrong counsel. And I'm like, you think? Yeah. And the counsel he was given was hang out to see where it goes. And I'm like, where did you get that counsel? Probably one of his friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I go back, I'm going to go back to what my friend that lives in Carlsbad said, you know, the 30, she's 38 now, single, loving Jesus. She said, Christina, from the beginning, you should have told this guy in that season of my life. She told this to me. She's And I now live that out in my personal life. And that's my standard, which is why people say my standards are too high. No, yours are just too low. So the thing she said to me, she said, Christina, from the beginning, he should have stated his intentions. If, she, if he said, I want to hang out, what are your intentions? Why are we hanging out? You should ask your guy friends. If he, if you know, this is not just a buddy, if you know that you, that you like each other, what are your intentions? What's the vision and where are we going? Because just like a horse, you could, you girlfriend, I was that horse that I just sold beautiful, strong, you know, the caliber of who I am, but not having a man strong enough to lead me. I was very confused. So what do I need in my life? I need a strong man who knows who I am, who knows my caliber, who's going to lead me in my calling so that I can feel safe in the process and be everything God's asked me to be just like how I had to grow into being that for my horse. So Christina, how, because I, and I mean, this is how you do it. Like this is how you do it. Like, and I remember this season in your life and I remember you know, walking mm-hmm. through it and talking with you and praying with you. And I got to tell you, I, 
I'm torn between asking you to make a little bottle of Christina Boudreaux confidence perfume and, and, you know, like how, what can you say to young women watching? You said something interesting. You said it was a process with your horse. It was a journey to learning that you had to be clear about how you were leading. How do these girls go through like right now? Cause this is going to speak to somebody right now. Mm-hmm. What do they do from this second forward to actually know who they are in Christ enough to basically deal with guys the way you just did and explained, you know, cause that's it. We got to get these girls to get their standards higher, but more than anything, we got to get these girls to know who they are. Cause that's really what it is. You know who you are. Can I interject something? I, yeah. I really feel like I have to make note of this because what I'm hearing you and how you, who you are, Christina, you are a leader. So I, I want to say this in a way that doesn't sound, I am woman, hear me roar. But you don't, you don't need a man to lead you. Mm-hmm. You need a man to be a leader who can partner with you and yeah. understand that you are, do you think that once you get married, you're going to be like, I'm not a leader anymore. You got to lead me. Yeah. Do you think that? Because in my marriage, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a cop out if I go, my husband has to lead me and he has to do everything. No, my husband has to be a leader. You yeah. know what a leader is? A leader is a servant. Yeah. And you know what a head is? A head is actually translated in scripture, kafail, which is that it's headwaters. It is a opening. It is a life source. It is a waterway. If a man Mm -hmm. can't be a life source and a waterway, Mm -hmm. a place where you get life, he's definitely not worth it. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm passionate about this because I don't believe if my husband dies tomorrow, am I going to be not able to lead? Absolutely. Can you, as a single woman, not lead? You're leading. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel very passionate and I, I mean, I don't mean even overstep because I know there's a lot of opinions about this, but mm-hmm. I look at Cynthia and I mean, she doesn't step back as a leader just mm-hmm. because her husband is a leader. They yeah. lead, they lead, they partner and mm-hmm. they are submitted under God and submit, yeah. they submit to one another. When I watch it, yeah. when I look at my husband, we submit to one another, not because I'm in charge, you're in charge because he's in charge and I want to serve you and mm-hmm. he wants to serve me. So I, I mean, if I can, and please, like, you can take this out of girl club if you're not with it. But Mm -hmm. I really believe that we are called to know, understand our identity and who we are, and that we're not these women that just like, help, lead me. No, I need a man to step up and be everything that God called him to be. So Mm -hmm. guess what? As we come together as two becoming one, we are a powerful force to be reckoned with and the enemy can't have us. And I mean, just, I'm shaking because I'm passionate about it. Mm. I'm like, and it's not, and I am not a feminist. I am. I love my husband. I would die for him and he would die for me. But I, I I believe that I'm called as Mm. a woman of God to know who I am, to be Mm. the leader God's called me to be. Cause guess what? There are going to be days when my husband is weak. And you know what the Bible calls me? Yeah. It says that I am my husband's easer connecto. I am his helper. God is our easer, our ever-present help in time of trouble. God calls me that. I am that for my husband. Does that sound like a weak sauce, non-leading woman? Not a chance. Mm. Not a chance. So, uh, Christina, don't ever stop being the leader that you are. You need a man to catch up with you and to lead with you and to partner with you and be like, we are muscle for the kingdom of Jesus. And I am passionate about it because, like, I'm tired of these women being like, I can't do it. I just need a man who's just so godly. He can just fill in all my gaps. I'm like, no way. You become everything God called you to be. It's true. You become everything right. he called you to be. And, and you it, listen to him. And yeah. if you got so, gas, there you go. <laughs> Thank it's you. Good. It's true. There's no more mics left. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Praise you guys. Nova. It's so true because if you got if you got gaps, <laughs> yeah. a man's not gonna fill the gaps. Those there's yeah. no gaps because every space is occupied by Jesus in you and through you and for you. And it's you know, you are I'll tell you, Nova, it's crazy because 
because I married a man of God, not a boy of God, yeah, a right. man of God, I lead more powerfully. I'm younger. I'm more headstrong. I'm more focused about where I'm going. I want it now more than I ever did before because he blows under my wings. It's like, and and I think, I think you nailed something. I think we're dealing with a lot of 20 somethings and 30 something, by the way, and 50 and 60 and 70 somethings because women in general have this issue. I think in general, women don't actually understand, especially the Christian women, right? They don't understand when we say, find a strong man of God who can be a covering, who can be a leader. I, maybe what you're, what they're hearing, maybe what you guys are hearing is find a man that you can be a blob of clay with, that right. can just do it. You know, that's going to be Jesus and he's going to be God in your life. And all you have to do now is pray to him and worship at his altar and he will bless you and magnify your life and help you be overflowing with abundance. That's not the definition. That's not what we're saying. And it's dawning on me, even as we're talking about this, you guys, maybe what women are hearing about the godly definition of being a woman and being married to a man of God who's a leader and a covering, maybe what they're hearing is getting all messed up and confused. But you guys, this is the definition. It is not and, about- And that man, that are. man, that man will be a life source. He will be a, 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 a he will be water for your soul. He will, he don't, he won't want to be like, shut you down, go, I'm the boss and you're going to do what I say. What he's going to say is like, this is what I see in you, girl. You go, you go with what God's given you. He wants to meet you. He wants to be a forklift for you. And guess what? What does that do to a woman's heart? Man, my father believes in me. And now God's put this man in my life that believes in me. It's like, wow, this really works. This, this really works. This is what the world needs to see. The -hmm. world doesn't need to, you know how the world views the church. I'll tell you what I have heard. And what I see people that I know a lot of non-Christians, you know what they see? They see men are in control, women are subservient. <laughs> and they need to meet us. They need, <laughs> and, that, and, and that really is disgraceful because right. you know what? Jesus, not, listen, he loved women. He, but in the society that, that women were when Jesus was mm. on, here on earth, they were looked at as nothing. And Jesus came and he gave them honor. He took them from a place of dishonor into a place of honor. And he took what the world was calling like just nothing. And he gave them a voice and, and he did it for the poor. He Mm. did it for those who were disenfranchised. And you know what? He is doing it today. Mm. And if we as women don't speak up for who Jesus is and what he is Mm. doing in us and through us, then honestly, shame on me. Because I, you know what, you know why my marriage works and why I've had a challenging time within the church walls often it is because here I was at home having a husband who is just water, water for my soul. We were partnering. We're having a good time. I go in the church and the church tells me you're a woman. You can't lead. Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. a woman. You can't speak. You're a woman. You can't teach. I don't see Cynthia ever backing down. And you know mm-hmm. what? That's been an inspiration for me. And so there's this been this dichotomous relationship and I don't really want to get into church politics, but as believers, we need to understand and know that Jesus didn't look at us and go, you know what? I'm going to use half of them. And then the other half, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let them be around. Mm. He said Mm -hmm. that he, he created us and he Mm. loves us. He, Mm. he, he didn't separate us. He's just Mm. the ultimate dad who, who gave us gifts and, and, and callings and, 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 and a strong man, Christina, I can't imagine what kind of a man you're going to marry one day because he's going to see the gifts in you and he's going to be, that's the woman that needs to lead and how God called her to lead. And I'm going to do everything I can to lift that up. Your ministry isn't going to stop when you get married. Your ministry is going right. to expand because you are going to wait for the man who can handle that and love it and watch you soar. It's- yes, Queens. It- Thank listen. you. Girl, I'm gonna walk out with my crown a little. That's right. That's right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Straighten Thank that you. crown up. You know, I gotta mm-hmm. tell you, this is yeah. so crazy powerful because literally what you're saying about, you know, it's like 
the right man brings out everything in you. You just get better, bigger, louder, bolder, stronger, faster in your calling. Mm -hmm. And this young lady that I met this weekend, she was showing me some photos that she took. We're talking about um, photography and art. Right now, I was looking at this really cool kind of rocker vibe, um, you know, photograph that was framed. And I was like, yeah, you know, I love to really, it's awesome, but I'd love to maybe do some of this with someone that I know in my life so that I have a connection to it. And she was like, yeah, I get it. Let me show you some of my stuff. Little sister, little beautiful sister daughter shows me her artwork, her fo- her photography art that she had taken of, you know, I'm going to call him Mr. Kick to the Curb right now. And he will never look as powerful or as talented through anybody else's eyes. She saw him in my mind, the way Jesus sees him as so much more than he actually is. Two points here. Number one, I do a lot of real estate investing. It's amazing to buy a good house, fix it up and flip it. You can buy potential in real estate all day long because there's a return on the other end. You do not buy potential with a man. You do not buy a man to fix up and flip. No. The man has to come fully formed. The house has to be already nice. The kitchen has to be operative. The bathrooms need to work. You ain't got time for that with a man, number one. Number two, the other crazy thing is I literally realized with this young lady, I was like, you are so sickly talented. She does not know that I literally have been around the biggest photographers in the world, photographing the biggest movie stars and rock stars in the world. I'm telling you guys, this girl is dope. Like she's so talented. And you know what? All she felt after three years with this guy is broken, vacuumed, untalented, sucked, sucked to the bone. And this is a this is a young woman that if the not if when the right man loves her, the gifts that she has from the Lord, oh my goodness, she's going to fly. She's gonna fly. She can't even walk in her calling in a bad relationship. No, dude. None of you can. You cannot walk in your calling. I meet these young women all over the world, you know, and they'll say to me, and it's so cute. I love going to South Africa because they'll be like, Pastor Cynthia, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. And I'm like, just call me Cynthia, please. But Pastor, I want to be a fashion designer. Pastor, I want to be a I want to be a songwriter. Pastor, I want to do this. I want to, and I'm like, but yet when it comes to men, they all have a story. Mm-hmm. And 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 really and truly the Holy Spirit has really made the connection for me powerfully that they will always have a story about why they can't become what they want to become as mm. long as they have a loser, deadbeat, even man of God sitting in the chair that only Jesus should occupy. And when Jesus is ready, he will put the husband in that chair. No counterfeits allowed. Amen. No. Mm. Amen to that. So my no counterfeits. My question for this, though, is because, like, it's such a big issue. I really want to ask you guys, like, what you guys think is, like, so why why are, I I would dare say the majority of women struggling with this? Is it because, for one, uh, you know, um, having sex outside of marriage, not valuing themselves, feeling like they're not whole until they get married? I mean, these are all things that are, like, rampant within the church. Of course, it's out in the Mm -hmm. world. That's normal, but why is it in the church? Like, do you feel like maybe people need to talk about it more or like that yeah. there aren't as many great examples of what this looks like? I feel like we here have, have, we have amazing men where this example is being lived out, you know, but like, mm. but how do we tackle the problem? I, I guess is what I'm thinking because I'm seeing good girls who come from really good families who go to church who love Jesus, mm-hmm. who like who are prophetic, who have dreams and passions, but they're so easily slipped up by that one central draw of this guy who's just a deadbeat. And it, and it literally makes they will sit with me for hours and be like, I don't know, it makes no sense. Like a kingdom what deadbeat. he's done to me. No, like well yeah, a kingdom deadbeat, I guess. And they'll sit there and tell me all these things that he's done or how she feels after she's with him. And I'm like, so why? It's like I just want to know how do we honestly like 
help change it because I, I, I'm seeing it in good families and bad families. You know what I mean? It's a faith problem. Nova, that you is, are that's, Well, that, that's just such a, it's such a big question. I think it's a really yeah. big question. And I, I honestly don't think I can answer it in totality, like in this moment. But I, one of the things that popped into my head, sometimes we go, you know, in the church and in the world, and we've, we've made our lives a little compartmentalized as believers. So we have to look at our lives. I'm a belie- I love Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is the center and everything else comes out of that. Mm. What I have noticed in my sweet young people is they will say Jesus is the center, but they will take, and I'll just use social media because I think it's a very powerful voice in media mm. yeah. and they place Really, they say Jesus is the center, but everything about their lives is centered around their own media, social media, what they're saying, and who, how who's reacting. And we are living in the most selfish mm-hmm. generation. It's so all of us, though. It's not like one of the generations. We're in it, and we're completely obsessed with self. And the voices that are in this world that are just, I mean, call it what it is, but the self-centeredness of social media doesn't just stop when you're like, and now it's church and now it's Mm -hmm. church time. It just is. And we are listening and making it a demigod. So Mm -hmm. like, I feel really, this is where my empathy, it just triggered because I feel so sorry for the young people that are in this generation that are trying to find love and even the love of God and there it's like it's mixed up with Christian celebrity and mm. you know getting your brand on and getting your it's so convoluted yeah. and it makes my heart hurt you know where you know people go I'll go on a, on a on a fast for you know social media and I just I can't answer it totally I just know that we've made demigods of things that aren't God and mm-hmm. and Jesus being the center he's like become off center and then and then we just and shift the, and shift and shift and that's the problem Nova I mean I think the answer in short is identity yeah. we don't know yeah. who we are in Christ right. we don't know what we were created to be we don't know how we're created to live every day we don't know how we're created to think we don't we don't know how we're created to respond it's there in the bible but you know, the majority of Christians around the world don't read the Bible, okay? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let's just get real. I mean, yeah. there, are, there are scholars who sit around and talk about that fact alone. So if you don't read the word, you don't know the word. And then you're choosing basically to go out into the world every day and play in Satan's cesspool. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Cannot help but emerge thinking, okay? Number one. Number two, if you do know the word and you are reading the word, then something about the word you're putting below your flesh, right? Because we're supposed to die to ourselves daily. And nobody loved boys more than me. I loved being in love. As a young girl, I was in love with the idea of love. I had the typical secular delusion. And if you're an attractive girl, that delusion gets fed because guess what? It's easy to meet boys. And the second that a a boy, a guy sniffs out that you're a little shaky in your walk or you're a little open to compromise, not on your faith in Jesus. You believe in Jesus. Even the Kardashians say Bible to everything, but they sleep with everybody they're with. Let's keep it real. The second that a guy susses out, oh yeah, she's a Christian, but I can hit that. And I'm a Christian too, but you know, we're just not going to deal with that part of it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're in love or we're dating or whatever, or she's okay with it. No girl's ever okay with it, by the way. They'll tell you that they're not. And and it's like, it, it, it's true. I tell that to my son all the time. I don't care what she tells you. She ain't okay with hanging out and just being a girlfriend or dating or secular 
These girls will sleep with the guy. Yeah, we're hooking up. I'm okay with it. No, you're not. Every time you do a walk of shame home, you've lost another piece of yourself. Don't even lie to yourself. I've been there. <laughs> I got something to say about that, okay? I got something to say. Okay, so listen to all the people out there, okay? The thing is, dude, is that in my situation, in that season of my life, you know, I remember talking to Roger and Cynthia and they had like a six hour drive home and I just, we talked about all of it. And I just remember, you know, in that season, I, I've been very like vigilant about my story, about my standards, but even when this person was so easy for him to go through the back door, you know, of my life and just be okay with hanging out without putting a title on it, without having intentionality. Because when people have covenant and when people within covenant, within commitment of courtship, you have intentionality. You have a vision of where you're going. Exactly what Nova was saying. If from the beginning, he would have said, my goal is to get to know you, to pursue a, to potentially pursue a courtship with you. There is vision. That would be equivalent to me putting the halter on my horse and walking beside him and saying, we're doing this together as a team. But because that wasn't there from the beginning, I made the mistake that I then had to go back at the park two days later and say, I'm sorry that we were hanging out as if though we were courting, but we're not courting. And I had to own all of those things. And I said, you know, because I think from the beginning and because as a woman of God, going back to your question, Cynthia, when you know your worth and when something doesn't have vision or intentionality or commitment or covenant, you don't feel safe within that. Like my horse, even as a partnership, because we were partners, didn't feel fully safe with me because I think he was confused. What are you going to do? Are you going to race me again? Are are we going to go on a ride today? Are you just going to let me run? Like, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. I was timid. And so, yeah, you didn't know who you were. So yeah, be who he was. Yeah. And so even at that point, as someone who knew my worth in Christ in that season of my life. And that's what I love about that. I've had friends that are like, dude, you could just give yourself a little bit more credit than maybe what you are, what you did. Because in that season, I knew my worth in Christ. I knew my identity. And I knew that honestly, I didn't need this dude in my life to begin with, to walk in my calling. Cause I was already walking in my calling. Right. I was already walking out my worth. So even though he was the man of my dreams, I was still like, you know what, dude, I'm still going to have a conversation with you and I'm still going to lay it out and I'm going to own what I have to own and just tell him because at the end of the day, I painted a picture for him and I said, no woman of God who's called to teach the word or no woman of God in general should ever be hanging out with the boy without, you know, outside of church unless she has the blessings of the fathers who are overseeing and, and can see what is happening. Because anything that's done in secret is not good. Even uh, when, right, you know? well, right. Because that's when the devil gets in is when it's in secret. Right. Oh, the, yes. You have you have a vision of yourself mm-hmm. and your identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, and look at it for anybody watching, look at how it makes you. Mm-hmm. Look at it makes you able to, you know. Okay, we're girls. Like I remember, like in the beginning of this season, you're like girlfriends. You like this boy. He's cute. He's this. We, you know, you're now okay. I'm attracted, but you never let that thing, that desire to to find your equally yoked partner, right? You never let that become a god. You never let that be way up here when it's only supposed to be right here. You guarded your heart. You didn't sacrifice your value and you Mm -hmm. you didn't compromise your identity. Sure. You, you know, you go in, you check it out. To me, it was the point in which you said, I had to pull them aside and say, what are we doing here? Because I got to tell you, I finally got to a place after dating all kind of crazy, before I met my husband, where I got real clear about the issue of celibacy. Mm-hmm. And I finally had to cop to the fact that as a Christian woman, this was an area of compromise. It wasn't working. I even had a girlfriend look at me one day and say, yeah, I know he's cute. And I know you guys are in love, but how's this working for you? And the answer was, you know what? It's not. It's not working for me. So I figured I've tried it my way for a long time. 
Now I'm going to try it your way, Lord. I repent. Mm. I have to break soul ties with every person I've been with. Hear me now, because practically, if you've got some soul ties you need to break, it's real simple. Lord, out loud, please break this soul tie that I have with so-and-so in Jesus' name. And you let the Holy Spirit bring to you whomever you need to break soul ties with. Sometimes you need to break soul ties even with people that you haven't slept with. It's not only sex. It's about the mental enmeshment in your mind that's clouding you here and here so that the right thing can't actually occupy the role that he's supposed to occupy in your life. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's a trip, you guys, because honestly, when I finally surrendered that area of my life and I got a vision of my life as a woman who, even if I was going to be alone, I was not going to be a woman of compromise. I was done. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do it anymore. And there were two scriptures that really rocked my world. One of them is when in the Bible, when it says, you know, I, you know, Lord help me. I'm going to really paraphrase this because I do what I don't want to do. And when I want to do what I want to do, I don't do what I want to do. I keep doing what I don't want to do. And oh my gosh, oh my goodness, what a wretch I am. And it's like, I so got that because I was in a war with my flesh, my desire to be loved. You know, I was sexually abused as a little girl. I wanted a guy to fix it. I wanted the pain to go away. I wanted to feel better. And the relationship gave me the guy, the family, the cover. It just, it was all me looking for love outside of the Lord. The second one, and this is super deep because I've really been deep in teaching on this. And it's to Timothy. And this is the one that rocked me because I realized what kind of woman that I was. And I want you to listen to this. Paul, this is Paul's letter to Timothy, right? And and most Bibles will call it the dangers of the last days, right? And what we're going to see in the last days. And sure, we know that we see all of this, you guys, in the secular world. But I'm talking about for believers. I see this in the kingdom, Right. So Paul writes to Timothy 3, 1, chapter 3, okay? And we're going to go in a few verses. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Look around, we're in difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful, and they'll consider nothing sacred. I love the first part of that. For men will be lovers of themselves. Look around. Are, are these, even these godly guys loving you or loving themselves when they're just hanging out with you, taking up your space when no guy, no guy is so stupid. He doesn't realize that a godly girl is courting to marriage. Okay. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control, no self-control. Can we talk about self-control? I understand what happens in the heat of the moment. I get it. She's cute. He's cute but you got to have self-control and that's rooted in the word of God. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends. They'll be reckless. They'll be puffed up with pride and love pleasures rather than God. That says it all for itself. They'll act religious, but for all you pastors, kids out there, they'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Now here comes the, here it comes. These are the kind of men who worm their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women, women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women are always following new teachings, new doctrines, but they're never able to understand the truth. Mm. I read that scripture years ago, years ago. I was like, this season right here is over. Because mm-hmm. these are the kind of men that I'm letting in my home. I don't, mm-hmm. they, most of them called themselves Christians. Some of them did not. I probably have more respect than the ones who didn't call themselves Christians because they at least would come correct about the fact that, yo, I'm just hanging out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just doing what we like to do. Right. Can I also say that, like, for any of you ladies who feel like you're in a situation right now where you are, some guy's basically just, he's using you at the end of the day. He's using you to make Mark, yourself better, to feel your time, whatever that is. But he's not actually putting out any sort of intentionality to 
basically value you in any way. I've noticed that there, a lot of women can, and young girls can feel a lot of shame about this, especially ones in the church who are like, they know all the right things and they know they shouldn't be doing this, but they, the draw in their heart to keep saying yes is stronger than their strength to say no. And I just want to say like, don't let that shame get you down. It is right now, just like what Christina said, Christina Boudreaux, how she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to stop this right here, right now. And I'm going to take a stand for my worth right now. Like, mm. it doesn't matter how far in or even that, even the girl that Cynthia met, you know, three years in a relationship, it's not too late to go, mm. no, this is my worth. And then you're going to throw off that shame. You're going to run hard into Jesus and you're going to ask him and tell him to tell you who you are in him. You know, like it's never too late. And I wouldn't hate to see any girl feel shame and condemnation over this. Cause, cause I mean, as, as you can see, we've all done it. Cynthia has been through it. I've been through so many bad relationships, done it over and over again. And, and it, yeah, I, that's just my point. I, yeah. I would hate to see shame overtake you and continue to live a lifestyle that is degrading and that is unworthy of who you are. So well now is the, now's the time. Say no. Well said, well said, Christina. It is it definitely it's not a place of judgment, you guys. Yeah. You've got four different kinds of sisters here who've had a variety, like every experience, and who finally realized all the, the same thing. Doing it God's way was the way to win. And mm-hmm. you know, we, we gotta we have to wrap up for the week because we, we have to stay to time, but like doing it God's way is the way that you win. Yeah, it's not too right. late to stand up. Right. It's not, girl. I just have something I want to say to old sisters out there. Listen, dude. In that season of my life, the reason why I was able, exactly what Christina said, to stand up. And in my season of waiting, dude, like I waited. Even when this dude walked in my life, I told my friends, like, dude, to be honest with you, I'm cool with or without this guy. Like I'm walking in my calling. I know my identity, my worth. I have so much going on that my life is a five layered cake with fondue and frosting and sprinkles that if nothing were to work out, I'm legit good. And girls, you have to come to that place in your singleness where you're so complete and content in Christ Mm -hmm. that whether that you are good with or without this guy. And because I knew who I was in Christ, I was able from the beginning to be like, I should have stopped it at day one, to be honest with you. That was a mistake that I made. I should have been like, what's your intentions and where is this going? Because I was like a couple miles down the road before I was finally like, I'm kind of irritated because I don't know where this is going. And I finally put an end to it because I was like, you know what? I deserve someone that's going to be in a partnership. Like what Nova said, who's going to, who's going to partner with me and walk with me and not walk five feet behind me and me try to figure out like, can you catch up? Can you like walk with me and, you know, and whatever, when you know your worth in Christ and when you know your identity and when you're so solid in your singleness, you will be able to drop someone even who is amazing. Even this man who at the time was the man of my dreams. And now I have a new vision for my life. That's what Roger, Cynthia's husband, told me during that six-hour car ride. They said, girl, you need to press pause, restart, get a new vision. Girl, I got a new vision. And it looks a lot different than what that was. Okay. So, and you just know, dude, that you just got to straighten your crown and you just got to walk forward. And when you realize your worth, you will know that you're worth waiting for it and yeah. that you won't settle for a counterfeit. You know what I'm saying? Don't settle. Don't, don't settle. Don't settle. Exactly. Listen, I feel like that. I feel like that's the, that's the topic of this girl club and, and this topic that we will probably stick with you guys with for a few weeks. Um, sex and the single lady and don't settle. I mean, like, you know, don't settle, you know? <laughs> Um, you guys, I'm, I could not think of a better group of women to have actually started and have this conversation with. You guys are amazing. I love and respect you for all of you out there. We love you. We respect you. Send us your questions, your comments, CynthiaGarrett.org. You've been a part of Girl Club. We will see you next week. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? 
Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.